Good morning, traders and investors. Are you guys ready for another week of pre-market prep? I'm excited to get into all the action. We got a lot to talk about today. We'll get into the Golden Cross on the SPY. We'll talk about if the China balloon is taking us down here. We'll take a look at cloud concerns for big tech. We'll look into the earnings report, Tyson Food, AI, continuing higher off ticker sympathy, Dell to let go some uh, jobs, uh, Calient shares up after Bloomberg reporting potential acquisition out there, Wells Fargo on Spotify, lots to talk about. And of course, we'll get into all the action right here on Pre-Market Prep. Rise and shine, team. Let's get it started with a like today. It's time for Pre-Market Prep. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right. Good morning, traders and investors. Since we say we're coming live from downtown Detroit, we figured we'd do it from downtown Detroit today with the S&Ps trading down 27 handles, 41.2075. The buck is strong up 36 cents at 103.11. Crude up 55 cents, 73.94. Gold trying to climb back after that hundred point hundred dollar drop up eight ten at eighteen eighty four seventy. Silver up just a few pennies and uh, Bitcoin that's down four hundred and ninety dollars at twenty two thousand nine hundred and ninety five. Let's bring in Triple D. We know Triple D. How you doing? On this? How do I look? How do I look? Do I look more? I like that downtown Joel. Working from downtown. the office, it looks professional. Does it? How's it great. sound? How's it sound? I don't. It's, have a, it's a little. We're, we're gonna figure out the mic. Just get it perfect. It's ninety. I tried to put it a little louder. I tried to put it's it a little 90%. louder so you guys we let me know. Have, we don't have a tech guy down there right now. He'll be there later to like in a little bit. It's just Joel's up early. He's up earlier than everybody. So once the tech guy gets in, we'll get the mic just perfect. But it's ninety percent. It's pretty good. Did you right. swim over there, Joel? I, I heard that you swam from the Michigan lake over there. No, the lodge, baby, the lodge. <laughs> I took the lodge. But uh, let's get to the markets here. And a uh, little, little bit of debate on the, the pre-pre-market show. But yeah. uh, let's have I, think the, I think the best way to sum it up is there may be some geopolitical tensions coming. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah? Right? Yeah. What, what do you think, Triple D? Yeah. I mean, this... Okay, so let's just bring the whole balloon thing in. And the whole balloon thing is pretty dumb all around. But, I mean, we did shoot it down. It is from China. It probably spooks the market a little bit. I don't think this is, like, a major, like, tensions. Tensions were already here. But it doesn't help tensions. I don't think this is a start of a trade war. I mean, the tensions have always been there. Does it escalate them a little bit? Not much. But I think the market is a little bit weaker this morning. You can see China's relatively weaker as well because the balloon got shot down. But, you know, Mitch is going to make a good point too on the technicals. I mean, we reversed on Friday and we caught mm-hmm. a few people chasing stocks. So it's not surprising, even including myself. So it's not surprising, you know, that 
we're follow through a little bit from the afternoon weakness. I mean, around one o'clock, it looked like to the moon, baby. And everybody was euphoric. And literally in the last two hours, we lost basically 30, 40 handles on the S&P. So now we lose another 30 and people are like, oh, you know, now we're down 75, 80 handles from where we just were. It's like, why did I buy stocks in one o'clock when I could be buying them lower now? So I think you got a little bit of combo there, Mitch. Um, mm-hmm. What are your thoughts overall? Overall, and I was saying this before the whole China balloon situation started, it was I was starting to ask myself the question, would China lead the rally up and also lead us down? If you guys remember, it feels like China has been in a bull market way longer than we have, but it's actually kind of similar, right? If you look at the action, really, I mean, like you could look at BABA, really that bottoming action was closer towards October 24th. Very similar to how our bottom uh, markets were, right? And it kind of led that rally. It was a big rip up. But one thing I clearly have seen is that since pretty much Thursday, the 26th of January, we've been starting to come down on BABA. And this has been going against kind of the market. I'm starting to think that will China lead the pullback? And it doesn't necessarily mean that we're just breaking, right? Are we also running on a five-week winning streak? So just to kind of mention that also, I think that this is why we're more down than I think others are thinking. I think this is just a pullback in the action, right? Um, And trying to break some of those bulls, right? I'm sure the buy the dippers will be in today trying to fight this market action on the pullback. We'll see. Do we continue to pull back? In my eyes, overall, we're still green and in the bullish market above 400. One thing to note, though, right, we did get the technical golden cross. And so the only thing that I would point to on the cross to pay attention to, and I don't think many people talked about this, is that the 200 moving average is still moving down. This should start moving up if we're really in an uptrend. And so this is the latest in the lag. It'll always lag way behind this golden cross. Same action you can see in the death cross. When we crossed over on the death cross, which was specifically on March 11th, we didn't start going down until all the way until uh, kind of this June, is, May no, 9th, May 10th. We're, we're, getting, we're getting like too granular here. We, we had a good market last week. We had a hot jobs number. You know, we had, we had the power pump. We had a hot jobs number. We had a down open. People were conditioned to buy the down open. What we, what I talked about on Friday, what we talked about on Friday was, could they get it green? Could they bring the market back and close it green? And simply, they had a real, they made a really good attempt at it, and we did. And you we looked, went green. Yeah, we went green, and we hung there. We hung there long enough for you thought, okay, we're just consolidating. We're gonna, we're gonna push through forty two hundred, and we're gonna keep going. And then, you know, and then it turned and we had the week close on Friday. So whether, you know, I'll go to the fact whether or not the, you know, the balloon situation would have happened or not. We had a week close. We closed near the low of the session. We took out the previous day's low and we're lower. I'm just, I'm not so much in like this, the buy the dip camp up at this area. I've been looking for a trading range. We got back up to the September high. We came in hard. Got up to the December high, we came down hard. Now we exceeded it by just a little bit. Don't know whether if we're going to come down hard or not, but I think this is a trading range market. I don't think it's a runaway bull market. 
And I don't, and you know, nor am I like waiting for the bottom to fall out and us go to 3,500. So that's it. You know, it's putting everything into perspective, but we got a, we got a hot number. We got a hot number on Friday, right? We can't forget. We didn't that. have any good information. We had None. zero good information, but the market was just saying, screw it. We're buying stocks anyways. That maybe euphoric action got exhausted a little bit in the afternoon after we went green. Everybody was like victory for the bulls, including myself. It's unbelievable. Apple warrants, Amazon warrants, Google warrants, basically all crappy earnings and somewhat lowered guidance. It wasn't crazy, but none of them really said anything good. And then you got the hot jobs number on top of it all. And you're like, the news could not be better for the bears, yet they're taking the market green. I'm like, you can't bite the tape. I think it is like bears capitulation, including myself. I'm like, I can't fight this tape, you know, and I was trading bullish too and caught a little bit on Friday, caught a little bit because it's like there's no follow through. Everybody that was bullish, stayed bullish. Everybody that was bearish was turning bullish. So as much as we were crowded to the long side, like crowded, maybe, you know, that came a little bit too crowded to the bullish side. So, I mean, sentiment drives price more than anything. We can break down technicals. You can do a technical on anything. And in the absence of news, technicals are awesome. Um, but sentiment is really the driver here. You know, we were too damn bearish the whole time, climbed the wall of worry, and now maybe we're just getting too bullish. So I think we're still just in the range, Joel. You're saying the trading range. I think we remain in the trading range. I think we just keep buying dips and selling rips and just playing the chop, not chasing moves. All right, let's get to some individual stock news. We did, we, we got some bad news, right? We got some bad news on Friday in the retail sector. All right, uh, let's go ahead. Let's get into some different stocks. We'll go to some micro catalysts here. Um, let's go to, uh, let's do Tyson Foods earnings first. Um, sure. We're going to go Tyson Food here. Their Q1 adjusted EPS at 85 cents, missing the dollar and 36 cent estimate. Uh, sales at 13.26 billion missed a 13.52 billion estimate. They did give a revenue outlook of 55 billion to 57 billion versus a 55.14 billion consensus, and that's for fiscal year 23. Um, they did give some operation uh, margin outlooks for kind of different segments, but I don't know about you guys. I don't know if beef 2% or 4% margins is better or worse. I, I don't trade Tyson Foods a lot. I trade a lot of the food stocks against each other. This one has always kind of done its own thing, which is probably why from a relationship basis, I just don't touch it. And I mean, you can see that clearly in the charts. I mean, Tyson Foods has been coming down all year, really getting no love at all, where we had this you know, run into defensive issues. Coke was making new highs for a while. There Pepsi breaking out, making new highs. Just looking you know, at the consumer staples. But you know, Kellogg was up for a bit there. And, you know, this really just didn't participate like the other ones. So I've laid off just tra trading Tyson Foods just from a relationship hmm. perspective because it does not trade with other food stocks. Like, the, like it's not, it doesn't behave well. So this is a tough stock to trade. Okay. I And uh, I'll give you that. I mean, I know they had some problems with their CEO. Didn't he get in a little bit of trouble or something on a... Uh, you know that which is never good maybe that's stuff. the reason too. yeah a little bit stories, yeah maybe. yeah <laughs> uh but i mean we don't need to get too fancy with the technicals here because uh we came down at the end of uh ended up december right and everyone was selling this stock you made a low in december it's 60 76 
Uh, maybe even a little bit lower. I thought I saw 59 prints some in here on the monthlies. Let me take a look at the monthlies. Uh, yeah, the actual low is the 59.38. We're trading at 60.80. We already got a bounce. I mean, you had pretty good buyers in this area before. Wouldn't be shortening in the hole, you know, into this, hoping to get 59.50, maybe get a little bit of a rebound. But it's going to have to, you know, you got to find if the buyers are still going to be there at 59 and a half to 60 build a little bit of a base so that's really the only thing i can see for uh for tyson foods tsn all right let's go to restoration hardware now as they gave us a warning on friday about Ooh. their uh, revenues coming up they updated their fiscal 22 revenue outlook saying that it expects a revenue drop of around the lower end of the range it provided in december the company at that point uh, called for revenues declines of already 3.5% to 4.5%. Um, so previous outlook of the revenue declined between 3.5 and 5.5. So there you guys see it looks like they're expecting to drop closer towards that 4.5. We'll see what happens there. A Friday night news drop there. Uh, I got a pairs trade on with RH and WSM, which is a day trade. So I'll be getting out of that today. So I'm going to limit my comments. All right. I'm just going to say people are caught in this one. I mean, look at the rally that you had over the last couple of days, upper right chart. Charts are still the same, different color background, uh, but, uh, you know, boom, big good day on Thursday, not even a green candle on Friday. Uh, people are caught on this one. I'll, I'll use Friday's low as resistance if you finally get up there, 338.73. And uh, coming back on the downside, it looks like you did get a little bounce off the two-day low. Um, at 325, but then after that, you fall off the cliff into the lower 300s. Actually, I see four lows. This is called three. Well, we can make 306 or four star. Don't know if we're going to see it today, uh, but man, you got a lot of people caught long on this one. And I think this also just a uh, you know bigger macro picture. I mean, this is not good. This is this is retail. This is not good. This is uh, we've never liked restoration hardware, but uh, you know, not not a good sign gives a little bit more fodder to your recession, you know, not soft landing, but weaker sales. What, what else can you say? Weaker retail, not good for the market. All right, let's go to Dell now as they're letting go. It looks like 6,650 jobs as uncertainties have dented the business. What do you guys see on Dell moving forward? No position, stupidest rally you can get out there. I mean, all they do is the algos buy them when they cut jobs, but they're cutting jobs not because they're trying to get more efficiencies. They're actually cutting jobs and they've said it because they see softening demand for personal computers. They literally are saying that our business is not going well and we're going to cut some jobs to try to stem the tide. And the algos like, oh, it's cutting jobs, buy it. They're not going well for PCs. We've known every single you know company that's been reporting has been talking about the PC market being soft. So now you get them coming up ahead of time. They're like, well, how do we keep our stock up? We'll cut some jobs and then they won't think, you know, the softening demand is a big deal because they just buy you up when you're cutting jobs anyway. So I think it's a stupid rally. I think these stocks should be sold. But again, this market is full of stupid rallies. So hard to argue with the tape. It's held up actually fairly well considering how much bad stuff has been set about the PC market. I mean, it doesn't trade with a high P, so it does have that going for it. P's always been lower on Dell. But again, I just don't see people jumping and buying PCs here, especially, you know, Joel's going back to, to work. I mean, it's this work from home is gone now. And some people are still working from home, but they're working from home. They've already got their PCs. I don't see a reason to own these stocks. Yeah. HPQ and Dell. I don't like either of them. 
Uh, bid. We're bid here. We're at the highs of the pre-market of session. We are. The cut yeah. jobs, Joel. Okay. Just, oh, catch up! Bye, 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 bye. Algo-driven <laughs> stupidity. All right, I'll just say, uh, if you need uh, a little bit more target, I'm not like once again. You know, you'd be chasing a company that just gave you some bad news. The good news, yeah, well, they're cutting jobs. You see how those, you know, the effects on the other stocks which happen. They rally maybe for a day or two, and then they start to give it back. But I'll give you another target on the upside: forty-four thirty-five. Boy, that's another. 90 cents away from here. I think that'd be a nice juicy target. Um, on coming back on the downside here, if you can't hold Friday's high, that's a ways away. Well, not too bad. 4278 if you're looking for a gap fill in Dell D E double L. Nice spike up, still trading higher. We'll see if it continues when the uh real liquidity comes in at 930. All right, let's continue moving. And I think this is going to be a good transition here. We're going to go and talk a little bit about the cloud concerns for big tech. Um, so if you guys have looked, of course, we've got the reports now of Amazon, Microsoft, and Alphabet. And all three reported deceleration in the cloud-based storage and server business. Uh, Google Cloud revenue growth slowed to 32% in the fourth quarter from almost 38% in the third period. AWS revenue growth decelerated to 20% from 27%. Microsoft, uh, Azure, also other cloud services, revenue growth slowed to 31% from 35%. So one thing that is clear that we saw in those earnings is the slowdown in cloud-based storage and servers. None of these companies had great reports. No, no they were all bad reports, but we've just been buying stocks on bad reports. And I don't know when we stopped doing that. Heck, I was you know doing it on Friday. I was like, I don't know. They're buying every stock on bad reports. I bought some Ford. I'm like, that's what they're doing. So I just follow the trend. Blind herd mentality. I would never normally do that. And it actually worked for a bit because the market started bouncing back. But I again, Microsoft is expensive. What is the P on this thing? 25 times? I mean, we're trading 25, 26 times earnings. Yeah, I mean, this is like... why I sold my Microsoft a long time ago, right around this price, around 250. It's come down. It's went back up. We're still just in a trading range. And, you know, we're not trading on fundamentals right now. We're trading on FOMO. So every time we pull back a little bit, people reload. Institutional money managers are underinvested. And I don't know when that breaks. Maybe it did break on Friday. Maybe we go right back up here. We're at the crossroads here, though. Um, I felt like it was a victory for the bulls in the morning and then a loss in the afternoon. So I don't know. Like, I want to keep buying dips because that's what's working. But at the same time, I'm not adding any of this stuff to my long-term portfolio because it just doesn't make sense of these valuations. The uh, the Microsoft, I mean, same thing here. A little bit, uh, little bit different. September peak, boom, fell back down. October, they made their low in November. That's when all the analysts ganged up on them. Same thing again. December, boom, you hit that area. You fall back down, you make your December low, and then we just we got back up to this area again. So I think it would look, you know, probably similar. You know, these are big components, the S and P's. You see the charts here. I mean, Dennis, I talked to you, you know, with your you know, your long term, you know, perspective on Friday about, you know, where you're at in the market, your shorter term yeah. perspective. I I, I kind of went more to, you know, your longer term perspective here. Um trading range and boy oh boy if you want an identifiable area you know it's it's the highs that make the highs from last week i talked about the closes uh from thursday i bet you mitch we talked about the spy the spy got a little bit over that area too i think by maybe a dime 
You know, now the now the bogey's coming down. Now it's going to be front. You know, the people that didn't get out on that rally, the late buyers on uh, uh, on Friday that bought the dip. Now they're like, oh man, now can I get out at uh, at Friday's close? So uh, not good news on these companies. And what what's the next catalyst to to take us higher? I mean, what kind? Well, of we got a lot of big earnings here coming this week too. Okay. Now, again, we're through the big guns. So just looking at the earnings calendar, Mitch. I don't know if you have it. You can show it if you want. It's a lot of mid caps reporting now. We do have some big names. So there's a few left. Disney would probably be the highlights on Wednesday. Um, we've obviously got PayPal reporting on Thursday. Uber's going to report on Wednesday. We've got Chipotle on Tuesday. Um, Activision Blizzard tonight, but that won't matter as much for the simple reason, obviously, yeah. that um, that's the takeover there. I believe Pinterest reports, too. I don't see it on your list, um, but I believe it reports. But you, So you got, you got some names, but they were kind of through the mega caps. The mega caps didn't go well, but the price action went excellent. So what happened was, obviously, the earnings were kind of disappointing. But they didn't care. They bought them anyways. I mean, and the Apple was the best example on Friday. I mean, it was down, and then they just ripped it higher, and they don't care. That was the Apple's first miss in six years, and they bought the stock higher at the end of it. I mean, it's hard to argue with the FOMO that's out there. We can see dip buying already coming to this market again here today. I don't think you broke it with Friday's action, but you've still got to be cautious here, and I think we still trade in the range. But I'm still trading as buying the dips. Long-term investment, I've been with Mitch the whole time. I'm 56% cash. Yes, I put a little bit of Ford in there, but it was minuscule um, half-size position and didn't do anything really to my overall cash position. So um, I think I got to just stick with a lot of cash long-term because so much uncertainty and risk-reward doesn't set up for me to be fully invested here. And people are saying, you know what? Yeah, I'm taking heat. Wish I would have went full in the market in January. I did not. But at the same time, there's a lot of problems here that aren't resolved yet. And from a long-term investment perspective, I'm always analyzing risk return, and I just see a lot of risk still out there. Definitely. Let's go ahead. Let's keep going. We got some more headlines to get through. We're going to go now to Children's Place as they gave preliminary results here. Now expecting to report a net loss of $52 million to $57 million. Oh. Uh, Children's Place expects Q4 preliminary net sales of Four hundred and fifty-four million to four hundred and fifty-six million versus the prior guidance of four hundred and sixty million at the low end. Uh, so taking a big hit, PL, uh, CE, big hit there. Uh, one thing to consider is that they may not be as we get into the mid caps because you really start out if you just analyze every earnings season. You get the banks, then you know you get you know there's there's always stock, but then you kind of get into the mega cap tax. Now you get into what's called mid cap or small cap season. Where you get like 250 reports coming out on a lot of on a lot of companies that aren't widely followed, and I'm not sure the market will be as forgiving on these stocks because those money managers aren't saying, "Oh, children's place, I gotta go get in it right now." So if we just take the same numbers, and I'm just thinking of all this now, but if we take you know the same numbers, you get a Microsoft that disappoints. Well, people want to own Microsoft; it's a big name. That's the kind of name they're buying the dip. Are they coming in on children's place? Is that the kind that FOMO's out there? So that's a concern. As we get into smaller mid-caps, we start getting earnings misses, which we have been getting the whole dang earnings season. I mean, maybe there's not going to be the bounce back in some of these small and mid-cap stocks, and maybe that can continue to show pressure. But everything we've seen from this earnings season so far has shown that the economy is actually starting to slow, despite what the stock market is saying. Maybe the stock market's looking past all this. 
Um, it's just saying that, you know, the Fed's plan is starting to work. We are seeing retail actions slow down. I mean, here's just another example of another stock, and there's been a lot of them, that, you know, retailer, that is disappointing. I don't know if it bounces right back. It'll be interesting to watch. You're coming into good support, though. Right. And that's what I could give you. Well, someone got really excited on the sell button. They took this down into the 38 and uh, macro. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 3815. That's a little bit overdone there uh, on the headline. Uh, once again, when we when I look at things like this, obviously shortening the hold down six bucks, you might take some heat on that. I'll just look at this area of support going back to the end of January. That I think that's probably what Dennis was talking about. And you have three lows right at this 40-30 area, 40-40, let's call it. You're trading above that. So, I don't know, I'd say bulls maybe uh, make a little stand there uh, on the rebound. Once again, people are caught. These kind of charts where with what this stock did last week, people are caught. So, I don't think you're going to get anywhere near the bottom of yesterday's range, which was uh, 45.70. And then if you want to get more bearish on this and say, hey, I'm just not touching this thing for a long time, low the move. Let's call it 29. Let's just call, uh, well, 39 would be about halfway back. So coming to that area of potential support. But I think you're right, Dennis. I mean, how many portfolios are like, oh, I hope uh some bad news on our children's place so yeah, so I can we'll get in come there in and, price. yeah and but, but, uh, but again they've started buying the dip so we respect the support here i mean this isn't a stock that's going to get any press and this is the stock that i'm even going to touch yeah. i'm just trying to get more evidence you know are they going to do the mass buy the dipping on these small caps and mid caps that they did on the mega caps i'm not sure you know this will be more evidence to watch today are they just going to randomly buy the dip on everything or is it selected by the dipping? Because there's a lot of names here that aren't really high-end names reporting this week. And if there's warnings across, maybe these stocks dip and don't come right back. So there's a lot more information now. coming out this week. Yeah, there's just there's just not a, it's just not a volume stock, you know. Three hundred seventy-six thousand shares trade. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's just not you know it's not like a microsoft or something that you need to show in your portfolio end of january yeah we own this stock it's not in that category but it, but it gives us more information the rh warning the plce we've seen other retailers um who was the other retailer that warned last week we had one I'm trying to remember um, mitch my 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 goldfish so memory many. failing me here i but, mean i remember logitech but that was before that yeah logitech uh, warned a while ago but i was thinking classic like retailer not you know technology products so it's like oh jwn yeah there right? you go and 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 jwn that's what i was thinking of. jwn bounced right back and obviously yeah, because of and then you have the, the, the buy of all buys the pump. yeah yeah the, the king of the pumpers pump. there <laughs> the king of pumpers ryan cohen the antagonist you know uh ryan cohen but uh yeah. let's get to uh some other sympathy and it seems like we're just in a technical market right now because or you, you i mean you could say stupidity whatever it may be but ai keeps going AI don't want to stop. Story, hot story. I'm glad I brought this up really early when Microsoft first started mentioning ChatGBT that we could get yeah. some sympathy off just the ticker name itself. Yeah. Well, this is not. This is no longer just sympathy. This is a parabolic move. I would call. Yeah. It. Mitch, great, great. Bring up on this one, and I know you've been talking about this on the show for a few days, and even on your show. Um, the breakout from 15. It's never looked back. And you're right. It's all ticker symbol here. I mean, this is how simplistic this market is. Sometimes. 
we've been talking chat GPT and GPT and AI. And I mean, they're all over it. And this has the best ticker symbol for this market here right now. It's had a huge move. So who knows when the rug gets pulled? You never want to short rocket ships. You know, Nick Shaheen always said something great on our show. He'd say, too high to chase, too hot to short. And I mean, this is that stock. It's too high for me to chase at this point in time, but way too hot to short. You say, oh, yeah, well, 27, this is just stupid. It's going back down. So I've seen these stocks go 27, 35, 50. And then you're like, what now? So, I mean, I'm just hands off on this. It's a fun thing to watch. But as me, you know me, my base hits, Mitch, this is not a base hit stock. This is a like going for the home run or you're striking <laughs> yeah. out. That's it. And I am not Rob Deere. You know, I've said that before. I like the base hits. Just get on base. Slow and steady wins the race. AI is trying to win the race in a day, and sometimes you lose the race. That way. Yeah, old motors, motorsport games, Inc., after getting close to 50 bucks. Where did that end up? I haven't looked at that. Where is it? Uh, 16, 16, 16, yeah. 16, 40. Pullback, man. Is that the pullback? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fine. <laughs> you hold these things Go long enough, em. you lose usually. Go get them. Go get them. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, well, team. These are the names that uh, you hear a, a lot of accounts blown up on. Yeah, make sure. People we go all in on this offering. crap and lose. Yeah, the offering. They pulled the offering in the pre-market too. Don't forget that they can do that one on you, right? The old pre-market offering. That's what happened on MSGM. That's what really that knocked it down. Yeah, they did it right before the opening, Dennis. I was literally talking about it. I was like, I wonder if they're going to be able to do an offering. But at what price? Because who the hell is going to take it at $40, $50? Yeah. I was saying it and literally two seconds after, Dennis. Bam, it hits you the can't, tape. Yeah, and that's <laughs> the problem with this crap with these you know dash for trash is the trash companies are looking at their stock prices going up and they're like oh we can raise some money here right now we they need, need money. money and they then that hammers environment. the stock so you're right there's all whenever you're holding this stuff it's all a ticking time bomb not only for the you know for the the turn to happen or the the air to come out of it but for the company just to pop the bubble themselves by doing an offering and we've seen this time and time again you get the big pop uh, pops up on these stocks that really are burning cash and they're like Man, let's raise some cash. Smart management, but it really bursts bubbles in a hurry. Yeah. Uh, uh, just real quick, just going back to this AI for those looking to maybe take some profits or looking for some potential areas. On Friday, we had a good day on Friday. I uh, tacked on uh, uh, four bucks and we peaked at 28.48. I still think you might have that seller out there. I'm just looking in the pre market. And uh, you got up to 28.78 and 28.80, and you backed off a buck again. So uh, it's not nowhere near. It's just one high for one day. But that seems like that 28 handle may be attracting some sellers. We'll see. 1.8 million shares are traded in the pre-market. So they're having fun out there. High close in the move. That had to be yesterday. So we'll use. Uh, let's see if you can improve on that. 25.88. That was a close yesterday. A uh, big volume on AI, C3 AI Inc. Hey, let's keep going. We can go to this one. I thought this was an interesting upgrade today. It's an mm -hmm. upgrade from Wells Fargo on Spotify to Overweight from Ecoweight. A couple saying upgrades. That the audio streaming yeah. company is improving margins with an expected price increase ahead. 
So there looks like they already announced that they're going to be increasing pricing. Um, so they're going for it, upgrading Spotify. Also upgrade Atlantic Equities as well. Again, this is simply analysts chasing price because Spotify had the big move off earnings last week. The gap and go. It's the January effect. It has everything going for it. You know, at least had everything going for it. Now you get the analysts upgrading it. They're usually late to the party. It's more of a sign usually of ringing the register as opposed to chasing these things. Um, but there's room. I mean, the stock is hot here. Still January effect. I think there's room higher here. You got a little pesky high, Joel probably point out, from back in July at 126. And it starts to open up to 150. The thing has been really beat up. Um, I, I, I'm not going to chase it here. Same, same story. Too high to chase, too hot to short. Then let's just focus on 124, the high from last week, 23.98 on Friday. We got the 23.82 uh, high close in the move, uh, 22.57. I'll give that minor support, but uh, let's see. Hold 124, and then maybe uh, Dennis's level will come in uh, up into 126 handle. The other thing that would make me a little tepid on this one is uh, the big update that you had last week. I, I don't know if that was the earnings or an upgrade or whatever. Uh, it traded. Uh, 2.3 2, 2 million shares one day and then almost 10 million the next day. Wow. So everyone piled into it, but now but now it's been uh, waning. The, the volume has been waning. So not chasing here. Uh, very important for this to hold 124 for, uh, for the rally to continue in Spotify. All right. Now I'm going to go to a rumor here. Uh, this is CTLT, Catalint of pharmaceuticals company um it looks like this is getting a report on bloomberg of a potential acquisition interest from danaher um it was the top leading on my uh pre-market list it was up about 25 percent this morning ctlt with the rumor on bloomberg for potential buyout when you get bloomberg rumors they're usually something to them so you always got to be careful again i like to ring the register when my stock pops up 30 percent on a rumor for the simple reason if the rumor doesn't materialize or isn't then the stock comes back down i'm like why didn't i take the money so i always play if i'm in a stock doesn't happen very often but if i'm in a stock that gets you know rumors and the thing pops big time bird in the hand strategy where i take the bird in the hand don't go uh, yeah uh oh you just want to hear you want to hear more follow through you want to hear price uh 73.92 pre-market high a lot of people getting their money back in this area right because i'm not sure what the news was it uh took it down you're easily filling your gap so if you're just a technical trader and you're not gonna you know you're gonna ignore the news the gap fill is way overdone at 64.44 the next daily high that comes into place, this is kind of interesting. Uh, the daily high before the really the the big drop was 7204. And then that's where people were bringing the register a little bit more, a little bit uh more and got as high as uh 7392. But keep an eye on 72. That was a that was a day high before falling the out big of drop. Where are we? Yeah, yeah we've we dropped we've dropped about oof, we just dropped a good, you know, buck on spy here in the last 10 minutes here so i'm not sure just more chop more price action or if there was a headline that broke here i did not see it um, i didn't hear about another out. balloon no more pops <laughs> no more balloon pops here uh, we have tim today or is tim out no nah, tim's here tim's here he's ready to go we're Let's gonna go. go ahead we're gonna get out of this we'll get out of the charts let's get to our guest today you guys know what time it is bushwhacker time. dancing time you know it let's get him on tim Bob. 
bow, 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 bow. Market structure dance, but I, 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 I just started and I can't there, stop it. It's like, it's bad. It's so bad, but I just can't stop myself. <laughs> you should just have that playing everywhere you go, Tim. Just I have, have a speaker. Just Tim Quas bow, 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 bow. That's not a bad idea. I might have to take like You see me on the ski slope? You know, yeah, just, just blasting out there. <laughs> How are the slopes this week, Tim? How are the slopes? The slopes have been fantastic. We haven't had, well, it snowed overnight, so uh, we've, we've got some fresh powder uh, this mm. morning. But the temperatures have been perfect, and you need cold temperatures to preserve good snow. And uh, we've had those, and, and uh, it's just been spectacular. But don't tell, because we don't want the riffraff showing up. Huh. Well, the question okay, so just, is. Let's just keep this uh, uh, among us. Okay. Did we get some fresh powder on this market? Mm. Uh, well, it's a great, it, it's a good opening question. And it, it, so I will, I will answer it this way because the, you know, what happened Fridays, we had this huge, really unbelievable jobs number. And I will set it up with a story. So it's not my story. Yeah, like so that. I'm a huge fan of uh, David Mamet. He's a writer, you know, and uh, uh, a very, a very good writer. And he's, you know, he's behind a lot of movies. One of these is a movie called State and Maine that starred Alec Baldwin. And uh, at the beginning of the movie, Alec Baldwin, uh, Alec Baldwin is the lecherous old guy driving around with this, uh, the underage girl, and and they're drinking and racing around in this car, and they wreck, and she may have expired, and he. Uh, Alec Baldwin crawls out of the car and looks around and he says, well, that happened. And so I thought that was a perfect, that's a perfect setup for what happened on Friday. Well, that happened. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. so we got this. I had told edge users that the only thing that would derail this beautiful supply demand balance that we've got in the equity market would be something unexpected. And I propose that uh, perhaps the unexpected would be a jobs number that was bad. Well, it was the exact opposite, right? This, we get this colossal jobs number that everybody mm -hmm. has to feed into their models. And what will that do to the market? Well, if it was purely rational, you would say, well, we would all take that sort of in stride and say, well, we could look around at the economy and say, it doesn't make sense that there are a half million new jobs. By the way, if you look at the, yeah. the unadjusted, if you look at the unadjusted number, that's a seasonal adjustment. It's not what happened, people. It is mm -hmm. a model. There is a, they take the numbers and they apply some seasonal adjustments to it to come up with that. If you, take, if you look at the unadjusted number, which you have to go all the way to the end of the press release to see jobs fell 110,000. So I don't know mm. which is right, but that data will be yeah. absorbed by global macro money, by asset allocation models, all these things that are much, much larger than stock picking. And I don't know what effect it will have. I can tell you what effect it had, because that's, that's observable. What, is it, what it did in the math is observable. And what it did, interestingly, was chop momentum by a good third. And I can show you that if you like. Yeah, so, let's take a quick look here. Let's get to the good stuff, the gold, what everybody wants to see, the market structure edge, of course. 
let's get back like past my rendition of David Mamet to something actually useful. Uh, <laughs> you know, so, we're, we're the quants here, the quants. We want the math. We want the math, Tim. So, uh, so for anybody who's new, this is the this is the market structure edge dashboard. And so the first, you know, the only thing I trade uh, are one and two. All oh. the rest of the information on the dashboard is informative to me, and I'm going to look at it all. I think about broad market sentiment context, what's occurring in the cadence and calendar of the market, and then divergences. I'm always looking for these divergences because that's how you make money. And it doesn't really matter what it is. And there's you know, proof all around us of, of the fact that that is true. Uh, you know, Carvana is up 212%. It could go bankrupt. Uh, Bed Bath & Beyond's up 32%. It is in the process of going bankrupt. AMC Theaters is up 54%. Peloton's up 100%. I could go on and on and on. Peloton continues to lose money. The rate at which it loses money is down. Uh, but you know, we've long been told by economists that rising rates are bad for money losing enterprises. We'll explain those, right? All the tech stocks have soared in a, in a rising interest rate environment, and nobody wants to talk about that, right? Why did why, I thought that would be hurt? Wouldn't that hurt those kind of stocks? Well, it's not the way the market works. Here's momentum. On Thursday, there were 35 components, and the math just finds those. You know, we give the you give you know we use quantitative instructions, and we look at the composition of it. On Friday, with the data from Friday, it dropped to 20. Mm. I mean, that's a dramatic drop in the momentum opportunities. Tech still leads. The key behavior that is over the past week leading these stocks is fast trading, market making by proprietary traders. Uh, and, but that is telling. You would say, well, why would a great jobs number chop momentum? And you could come up with a reasonable answer. You could say, well, the market is run by the Fed. And so the Fed uh, now is telling us with that jobs number is likely to raise rates even further. It's just going to do what the, the Fed's going to do, what the Fed's going to do, which is get rates to 5%. That's a fact. Uh, so that is the effect, Mitch. It brings momentum down. It's not gone, but you mm -hmm. have to beware now. And maybe that's part of it, Dennis. I heard you you say that you know you watched a point come off the S and P 500. It may be nothing more than the developing effect of the of the uh, slowing of momentum in the mm -hmm. marketplace. Mm -hmm. That's going to happen. So we can talk yeah. about where you go from here, but that is that will be an effect. That's a fantastic point. Yeah. I mean, we have had you know every algorithmic system just jumping and jumping, and I mean right. they jump on different headlines too. Like I was saying this morning before we got on the show, Dell, they yep. they they they're cutting sixty five hundred jobs. So the algos don't read past the cutting of the jobs; they simply just buy because yep. they're cutting jobs. Right. And I mean, you read the next line: cutting jobs because they see soft demand. <laughs> Right. I mean, this is bullish now. This is bullish. You cut 6,500 jobs. That's just a buy, buy, buy signal for the algos. But I'm like, I'm reading the second part of it. Softening demand is not usually when I want to go into a company, but they don't care at this point in time. So until you break that algorithmic, you know, action where they're just randomly buying on that initial headline, maybe we just continue to have FOMO running rampant because the one that who's got the FOMO the most isn't even the retail. It appears to be the algos. Exactly. Uh, mm. Rivian is a great example of what you're talking about. You know, is there is there a big demand for the no, Rivian's going to start making e-bikes, but just to t try to come up with something 
to create revenue. And they've, mm-hmm. you know, they've cut, I forget how much, half their workforce, something like that. And, yeah. uh, and the stock's gone up 30% in, in uh, two weeks. Uh, so are those rational things? No, but it's a great lesson, traders. This is the problem, no offense to the, the fine folks at CNBC, uh, in, including our, our, you know, our friend Jim Cramer, who's always talking about, you know, you find these great, uh, these companies that are better than other companies and you own those. Well, that doesn't guarantee you returns. That's just not the way the market works. The market isn't a, isn't a, isn't a place full of stories. It's a place full of products called equities. And, mm-hmm. you know, tens of trillions of dollars. I could rattle them off. So, you know, BlackRock, Vanguard, State Street, Fidelity, UBS, JP Morgan, Morgan Stanley, those seven firms manage over $40 trillion and over 70% of the assets they manage follow a model. Their target date funds, their asset allocation models, and they take some money and they put them into products called equities. And they're not examining the stories of these equities. They're looking for equities with size and liquidity. And that's what they put the money into. And that can suck up all the junk, too, because it all moves with the flow of money. That's the way that the market works. Well, the beautiful thing about that, traders, is that you can see it happening. You can see where the money goes and when it stops going there. I could look at Rivian and say, is it over? No, not quite, but it's getting there. There's That's, still strong yeah, demand. Tell us about this. Yeah. yeah. So so here's strong demand. Supply actually declined. Generally, strong demand and falling supply will lift price. There's a very high chance in the next couple of days that you could make money trading Rivian. Is it a good story? Well, I don't know. They've got good technology. You know, they've got this young genius who runs that firm, but their fundamentals aren't great. They're a long, long, long way from making money. But you could make money trading that because that's the way the stock market works. I wish it wasn't that way, but it's great for math. Math is a great way to approach the equity market. And and that's what we do with Edge. A little self-service there, but that's what we do. All right. Now, um, of course, you can see on this one that the sentiment was like on 10. Tim, yep. would you be waiting to see that sentiment change before getting out and running towards those profits? Or would you go ahead and just run towards the profits as you're starting to see the price action in the overall market come down? Great, great question and a very helpful one for users, for, for everybody who's an investor in the, in the stock market. What do you do? How do you know when to exit? You, know, you can yeah. say, well, I have, a, I have a price point I'm looking for. Well, there's no guarantee, right? <laughs> there's mm-hmm. no guarantee the price that you have assigned to something will ever manifest. I mean, I had a couple of things I wanted to sell on Friday, and uh, they didn't get there. Well, how do you know when to come and go? And you're exactly right, Mitch. You want to see one side or the other change. If demand falls or supply rises, generally, I will leave. It's not an mm-hmm. absolute. I'll show you an example of this. I think this is, this is useful. The interesting thing is industrials, industrials right now, they're very close to replacing in a tech in the momentum portfolio. Look at Wab tech. So Wab is both, has the characteristics of both what I would call low volatility, meaning it spends a lot of time at five, and the potential 
for momentum because it has this big deficit in supply. That is exactly the condition I look for. Notice what it it's done the last five days. Very nice returns there. Now they're not they're not the 30% that you get in a in a highly speculative trade like AMC or Bed Bath and Beyond. But this collapse in supply and steady demand is you know that it is likely to produce gains. This little uptick in supply, is that enough to leave? Probably not. But if it goes over the trend line, I'm out. That's that is a great signal. Or if this dips, I'm out. And if we use a momentum example, uh, you know, here's what I mean by industrials showing some real strength. I can come over here and sort this by sector. Tech is the top item, but look at industrials is right in there too. And I'd come over here and say WMS, TRU, BLDR, RHI. This is a, a labor supplier. Naturally, they're going to have some some momentum. Those are all things that are at 10 and have declining supply. They all have the propensity to deliver gains. Uh, and it doesn't matter what their stories are. And the, you know, the beautiful thing about demand is it reflects everything that is known, all the other inputs, everything hedge funds know, all the information they've consumed, it's all in here. And so all we have to do is say, well, which things have divergent supply and demand? Like that, I mean, that is just awesome. You know, 10, it's up a little bit, but the supply has dropped. Even if it's down today, that's almost better because I would say, well, I have a very good chance of, I can even know what I'm gonna try, try to make. I want half of that number. 6.6% is how much it moves on average every day between intraday high and low price. And so yeah. if it's down 3%, great time to buy it. If it goes up 3%, you're out. That's a great way, low, low risk, high probability way to make, a, make money in a market that makes no sense. There are 500,000 new jobs, folks. The economy isn't about to boom. Those things are not true. The high interest rates that people are going to have to pay are going to begin to hit people and governments and businesses, and that's After. what you're seeing. Right. All these people laying off, all these companies laying off uh, workers, that is a sign of a slowing economy, not a booming one. All right. That's a fact. And, and we have to be be honest and clear eyed about that. But it won't stop you from making money. Tim, one quick question for you. Uh, we were just talking about different stocks, different characters, characteristics, where they came in, uh, you know, the Apple on Friday. Do you find, yep. find with market structure edge that, you know, like it, that it maybe it might be more accurate with like the higher volume stocks or is it just generic where where it just applies because we were looking at something like children's place today what's uh what's your take on that i'll take a look at that so apple really quickly thank you joel uh we and so at the live demo on thursday with edge users uh we talked about this we looked at apple google amazon and uh, we uh, said apple is likely no matter what they report the stock is likely to rise because demand is very strong still and the, the fangs are the biggest piece, of, you can't even call them that now, just call them big tech, right? But you look at the strong demand and falling supply, that's a, that, that's likely to rise. Doesn't matter if they report a, a quarterly decline in revenue. Uh, so children's place, I don't even know that one, Joel. Uh, so, <laughs> P-L-C-E, <laughs> yeah, I got you, and There no are very few tickers I don't know, but that was, I don't know that one. So uh, retail. So, it's right next <laughs> to Build-A-Bear in the mall. <laughs> yeah, you go in there, you take your kid to Build-A-Bear, and then you get them some new clothes at Children's Place. Okay, okay, that's, well, that's good to know. That's good to know. Joel, it's My wife very did good. It a month I, ago. 
Is that right? Okay. Yeah, that's okay. These analytics are less useful for stocks under ten dollars. Too okay. much standard deviation. Okay. Uh, that's where it's weakest. Otherwise, it works for everything because it doesn't matter what kind of what stock you are. Reg NMS, Regulation National Market System, governs all stocks in the national market system. All the math is the same. The best execution rules are the same. The order hand handling rules are the same. And that's why we can measure the data. This, Joel, this looks beautiful. You know, it, it's a 10 out of 10 falling supply. The only trouble is, is the supply side is almost 60%. But that tends to continue to deliver gains. So if you're in, if you're walking into a children's place, you might as well buy PLCE while you're at it, <laughs> but be ready to leave when either side changes. Yeah. And then news is the problem here too, Tim. And obviously it's come out with news. They've lowered guidance. The stock is down. They are buying the dip on this thing. Yeah, How do. fast. And again, does news just change everything when you get a fundamental new piece of information? Does that instantly change your flows? Um, how does that affect your trading systems when you get, you know, the news boom, yeah. and then you have a big price change? How does that your system adjust for that? It's a it's a great question, and I always earnings more than anything else. So mm -hmm. I always, you know, I tell folks do this. You can look up the earnings calendar. I prefer Yahoo's because it's a very user friendly, free right, thing that you can do. Yeah, right? it's Benzikas, come on. <laughs> 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 All you have to do is do this, right? You look over here before I buy it during earnings season. I'm always going to check, right? Yeah. You know, when are they reporting results? March 7. So, yes, news matters. And it's a great mm -hmm. way to combine Benzinga and Market Structure Edge. Use Benzinga for news. Find out what's going on so that you, yeah. you aren't caught out. Uh, but I will tell you, supply and demand trump news. Uh, I, I will often do this. Morgan Stanley cuts cuts uh, somebody to uh, out uh, to underperform, and I look at it and it's ten out of ten, and it has declining supply. I'm buying that because the because the dip won't last. You have a chance in the next how long? What's your period of time? Very rarely do I own stocks for longer than five days. That's generally somewhere in there because I'm going to make my two or three percent that I'm after, uh, and uh, that but. That you will have that opportunity. Check for news, down on news, but you see the strong supply demand equation. The chance that you make money the next two days is very, very high. It's not it's not perfect, but it's very high. And that's all you can do, traders. You want something Love that it. increases the probability that you produce a return. Love it, definitely. Um, I would say that it gives you sometimes the answer to the current environment in a quantifiable way. So it does. Uh, uh, I love it. Love it. Definitely. Tim Quas, like always, Market Structure Edge. You guys can check out this information yourself. Get your free trial. We'll have you back on, Tim. Have a great week. Enjoy the you slopes out too. there. Thank you. Have a great week, guys. Good to see you. All right. Let's take a peek into the market. How are we looking, Joel? We still Pulling back. Week? Pulling back. We got a, We had that dip this morning and then uh, just got like, got the rebound. Couldn't get back to the low from, uh, from Thursday and Friday. And now you just, uh, just kind of dropping back the lower the pre-market is 4106 and a quarter and uh just going to the dailies here whether you're on the spine the s p's man not a lot in here uh as far as daily lows to lead on but first objective on the downside be that that pre-market low 4106 and a quarter 
All right, we'll see what's going on right now. It seems like we're getting a little bit of movement out there. You guys, we'll get a couple minutes here at Ticker Time. Any ticker on your radar today? Throw it up. You get a chance here. We've done Ticker Time. Yeah, I know. Tickers here. Let's do Meta. And not not these penny stocks. Meta, Meta. What about the TikTok? Well, that's the question. Meta is trading (laughs) higher here today. I didn't dig down to see if there was some analysts. There's probably some analyst action on here too, but... I'll be honest, the balloon shooting down, tensions, maybe that makes people think more of like banning TikTok. So Meta's trading up here this morning. I'm reading into that maybe a little bit here because, you know, I'm trying to find a reason. I'm sure Meta's probably just got some analyst action, but balloon shooting down could actually help Meta if they ban, if they talk more about banning TikTok. So, I mean, we're talking about shooting down spy balloons. Well, apparently they're spying on us through TikTok too. So this might just bring up, you know, a little bit more like let's ban rah rah, let's ban TikTok. We know that would be the best thing for Meta. Uh, double potential double top one ninety seven. We talked about this on Friday. Uh, so inside, yeah, inside day uh, on Friday as well after the big earnings report. Uh, now that one ninety seven is nine points away, so I don't know if we're going to get into that, but. Uh, one eighty-eight seventy-seven. That was your close on Thursday. That's been the high close of the rebound. And if you're trying to protect, you know, profits from this big gap up, then you know why not just keep an eye on that one eighty-sixteen. Uh, that was the low on Thursday, and then below that, you start to get into that big old gap down to one fifty-three fifty-eight. But uh, just wanted to bring that one up because it's. Uh, Trading against the market and uh, also, in, you know, with the TikTok and the, the China balloon news, I thought that was relevant. But uh, Mitch, what else do you see out there? Um, of course, uh, Capitalismo wants to talk about the Tesla. Will it get to the 200? Tesla, Tesla, 200. Tesla. Will it get there? I see resistance slightly above it here from the days of December 1st and the, uh, November 14th. That's where I feel like we could still hold there. We'll see what happens. Uh, any technical comments on this one? 199. There you go. Two highs, same area, just under the 200. Uh, gonna need some help from the market to, uh, uh, to get this over 200. But right now it's, uh, 199. Dash, you got any comments on, uh, I got a trading position, so I'm not going to comment. Okay. Okay. All All right. right. Well, uh, we can do maybe one more, one more, one more. Sure. Let's do one more. TJX, uh, TJX. It looks like it has an upgrade on the day there. An upgrade? Is it upgraded? That's what someone said. So I'm going to verify it, but take a look. Um, yeah, I have an upgrade. JP Morgan. Very resilient. Again, this is your it's discount retailer. We know stocks like TJX have actually held up well during troublesome times because, you know, you go in there and you buy your, you know, your name brand jeans for half the price. I mean, this is what they are. They're the super discount retailer. TJX has always performed. This is stock. Like, look at the stock long term. If you were buying dips on this stock over the course of the last decade, you just continue to make money. I mean, we're $30, and we run up to 50 then we pull back to 40 You know, this is the ultimate buy the dip stock. So you get a 10-point pullback here anywhere on TJX. I think you buy it. I'm not chasing stocks near all-time highs, but this stock, this company just knows how to perform. Now we know where Dennis gets those Calvin Klein jeans. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wear all the fancy stuff. I, love it. Love it. I, just, I wear I'm whatever just, my wife buys me. I am gonna That's I'm gonna true, give right you a, like a just a zone <laughs> in here. And it's been hanging out here at the monthlies, like this 82 and a half to $83 area. 
83.13. Now you said it was a downgrade, right? So, ah, uh, man, if it doesn't hold 80 real quick, those are the lows the last two sessions. I'd see got uh, some more room on the downside here. Maybe uh, ah, not too far. Another pair of lows at 79. So, all right, I'm gonna hop out of here. See if I can uh, figure out uh, the rest of this computer and uh, do some <laughs> more symbols here on Pre Market Prep Plus, but. Uh, so far, no disasters, but uh, good nice job, to have Mitch. You back in the office, Joel. It looks awesome down there. I mean, we're going to get the technical guy in there, get your mic just perfect. You're not running 90%. It's my Great Monday. It's office. my Monday hangout. It's my Monday hangout. Can't, can't, there you go. Yeah. Okay. All right, everyone, have a good day. I'm going to go uh, cover some other tickers for you. All right. Have a good one, Joel. Joel's wrapping up here. We're going to bring you guys over to live trading. That's going to be coming up next. Any last comments for the week? Chop, chop, chop. So again, I think you'll see by the dippers. I also think you'll see seller rippers. I think we're just going to see a hell of a lot more chop. We are still, Mm -hmm. you know, just as much as we thought, you know, maybe we're breaking out, going to try to go to that 420. Now we pull back off of it. So I think you're just fading moves. You get the you know the 50 point S&P upswing, you're taking profits. Yeah. The 50 point downswing, maybe you're buying some dips. I think there's a real battle between the bulls and the bears. Again, my long-term view is still bearish. I haven't shook that. I'm still sitting up at 55, 56% cash, not doing much in the long-term portfolio. I did add a little bit of forward into there for the simple reason is that while well, the buy the dips have been working there and if they were going to shrug it off on Intel, it was like they probably shrug it off on 42. Now that story could change. Maybe I'll have to, you know, bail on that because that quarter was not good. But you know, so far so good actually in the Ford. I think about twelve eighty two. I almost got the low, um, which I I rarely get the low of the day, and I almost got the low. <laughs> were you listening so. to live trading? I no, is that what you about were saying? Twelve eighty three. Literally is that your level. Yeah, I was literally calling it out to the key right there nice. on that reversal right there. But nice we were looking man. for the same thing, right, Dennis? We were like, well, they're going to probably just come and buy up this Ford report. It's this blind squirrel, I was right? seeing Tesla rip. I was seeing GM rip. I was like, well, they're probably just going to come for Ford now. That's what I thought, too. And I thought boom. the exact same thing. I'm like, ah. Oh. They, they want to buy Apple on bad earnings. They want to buy, you know, the, I'm like, they're probably, the Ford was a disaster. I kind of vomit buying Yeah, it, GM like, was ripping. Working. You know, it was, look, look at look at this chart. I mean, Look how GM was pushing straight up out the gates. It was like from like a, a low yeah. of 4065. They went up to a high of 4195 in just about like 10 minutes, 20 minutes. That just showed me more and more. That, yeah, they were coming for that Ford. We'll and and the one thing to consider, Mitch, even on disappointing earnings on Ford, I mean, yeah. PE is still dirt cheap. Yeah, that so, is So, I mean, true, it's right? so cheap. Did they just forget about it? It's like, ah, oh, it's cheap anyways. I'm just going to buy it. I don't know. That's what I kind of thought they were going to do. But... I increased it. So I probably went from 56% cash to 55% cash. I literally was a very half size, small position. Um, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But I plan on just, you know, getting a little more exposure there for the simple reason is that get a little more exposure on dips. I buy dips. Dip buying is working. Yeah. One thing I'd watch is GM, right? It had that gap up last week, right? It's two days sideways. Like inside days. We'll see if it takes out the high there, 42. That 42 is a big number. There must mm-hmm. be some size perch there. Maybe there's some yeah. size perch that I haven't looked in the book. Good ideas. The 42 is the number, so it needs to take that out. I would not want to be long this thing until it takes up the 42. It takes up the 42, you start thinking about 45. You'll can't even click at the 42, then you think about the 45. Get the 45, then you think about the 50. We love you, We'll Kenny. see if we get it. we see if we get it. Have a good one, Dennis. Go do what you do best, my yep. friend. Get to your trading action. You guys All can right. keep up with Triple D Trader always on Twitter, right? Give them the follow. And, of course, we're going to keep going here on Benzinga. we got a lot for you today. 
We got stock market movers later in the day. We got live trading and we keep going in the trading in the zone. We had such a good session last night. I want you guys to keep joining. We had some fun. We played some word association. We went into deeper questions. We talked about how do you get into the flow and how that can affect your trading, right? Well, if you guys want to keep building on your skills, or maybe you just said that this year you would read some more. Well, I'll tell you guys what, definitely go ahead and join up the book club. Easy way to go ahead and get through some books. We are going to be having uh, a former shark joining us for our next book. So don't want you guys to miss out on opportunities to definitely up your skills and keep pushing forward in your financial journey, whether that be for retirement, whether that be patterns, whether that be just psychological advances, join us for the book club, threw up the link one more time. And now let's get you over to live trading and see what we can do in this market. Zinaid, Lord Ryan and I, let's get to the action. I'll see you guys in just a few minutes. Stay right here for live trading.